Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists who are committed to planetary purpose, or in other words, a regenerative movement. And my name is Julian Budelai, and I'm hosting an interview with Yasmin El-Bagari today. She's a native of Morocco and San Francisco-based. She's passionate about connecting people and bridging cultures and encouraging a more peaceful and caring world in that way. She launched Voyage, a platform that connects people from around the world for one-on-one -on -one meaningful exchanges, fostering global understanding. For the past four years, Yasmin has reached, in, has reached people beyond um, many places. Uh, among them was a, a journey through 50 states in the United States of America, um, working with organizations like the World Bank, the Harvard Research Center, the US State Department, and also she was an engaged America ambassador. So her life is simply dedicated to bringing a mission of openness, curiosity, and empathy into our world. I'm really excited about this conversation. With this intro, welcome to the show, Yasmin. Yay, welcome, welcome, Julian. Thank you for having me, and hi, world. <laughs> Good to be here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious about our conversation, Yasmin, especially because of this, like, global citizen background that we both share and like this fascination for intercultural exchanges, cross-cultural learning, collaboration. And for those who don't know, do you want to give us like um, a brief overview of what, what Voyage is and what you, you have been creating there? Yeah, um, I would love to start by sharing a little bit of the inspiration behind Voyage and give some context in terms of what led me here. Uh, is, that, is that cool? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I quickly realized the importance of human connections as a way to break down cultural barriers. My role was, you know, basically like have conversations with Americans and break down walls about the Middle East, Africa, Muslims, being a woman uh, in Morocco, what, what does that mean? Um, and I learned the importance of having these conversations to, uh, you know, bridge cultural divide. And so after that experience, went on to, you know, on a Greyhound bus journey across all 50 states because I felt like, you know, if I can break down walls in Kansas, I can do it in all, in all, of, all over America and stayed with people along the way, uh, around 250 families who hosted me in their homes. And it not only changed my life, but it really reinforced the notion of human connections. It's very simple, but human connections as a way to, you know, bridge people, cultures, you know, borders and make the world a better, more interconnected place. Uh, and so Voyage is really an evolution of that experience. We wanted to bring it to the rest of the world by connecting as many people as possible across cultural differences to realize that there are no differences. We're all human beings in one planet. So I'll stop here. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, I love that like embodied experience of actually traveling and realizing what works, what doesn't work and how to, yeah, invite into bridges. And so this has also been very much my life story, you know, spanning across continents and like living in different places and, and realizing um, we have more in common as humans as we have that differentiates us, even though there are things that make us different. Absolutely. I mean, like even right now, you're from Germany, I'm from Morocco, right? And we both have sh shared interests, shared values, and that's cool, you know, like for the rest of the world who are watching, it's really amazing to see how no matter where you come from, what religious or political views or, in, you know, interests you have, like we are human beings at the end of the day. 
and that's cool. You know, that's really simple and important. And so how are you creating those setups for exchange? Because Voyage, I know, is a platform that is like launching in, 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 into different um, experiences for communities, individuals and, and projects and events and who, who, who knows what else will, will happen as, you know, as more and more people truly look for um, a specific form of connection. But how are you guys creating this um, right now? Beautiful. I, so, you know, it has been an evolution, that's for sure. And I like to think of Voyage as a you know, series of experiments. You know, in the past, we've collaborated with organizations where we would host an event or a dinner. Uh, we would travel around different countries do, doing programs, bringing people in and out of, you know, their, their states or countries. And it's, it's been amazing. But what I've realized recently is, you know, the need for having a technology platform to be able to scale up those efforts. And so we have been hands down working on building an app that would essentially match people based on their interests and values and have online to offline experiences. And that could be a dinner, um, meeting for coffee, could be a homestay, could be going on a hike, but being able to have these global experiences by meeting like-hearted people from across different worlds uh, is the current iteration. And we're very excited. Yes, I mean, that's, that's super remarkable. And what comes to mind right here is, is just the, the idea of community, right? If it's global community or local community. And so as this has been part of your path, but it's also part of, of Voyage and the setup of this company, um, maybe if you can give us a few values or some, like a form of a definition of what community shows up to be for you, that, that you see across all the different communities, um, the way we unite as, as people. I love that. Well, so, you know, one of the things that um, I, like to, I like to think of, like, you know, the world being like the universe, like there's, you know, all these people, 7.5 billion people in the world. And then you've got the galaxies, which are maybe countries or different set of communities. So I really feel like it's important that we connect already existing communities with one another. A community could be a microcosm of what the world looks like. So a global, you know, think of the global shapers as a community. There are people from around the world, but are we all connected? If we're traveling to different destinations, how do we know that you're there at this time for, you know, based on these interests? And so right now we're doing a few pilots. We're working with uh, different communities like the Moroccan diaspora. Like think of all the Moroccans who leave their country of origin and they're not connected to one another, right? Um, another community, you know, which is why I'm in LA, is a community of composers and artists, musicians, you know, people who've composed, but they are from all over the world, they're traveling all the time, and they are seeking connection. So the examples are endless, right? Like you've got universities, alumni groups, uh, you know, you've got airline companies when you're an airport, you know, does it ever happen to you, Julian, when you're in an airport and there's all these people from around the world, the cultural diversity is right there. And you wonder, why aren't we talking to each other? <laughs> does that That's ever such happen? a good question. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite questions I could ever ask on the show. Yeah, so, so, so totally. Um, I do love in that specific setting when something amazing happens, right? Like I probably, everyone loves that. Like let's say someone who's really talented from one of those many countries that they could come from that you just mentioned. Uh, sits down and plays the piano in the airport because that's what's available at that moment. 
But then really that me personally, because I'm a total nerd when it comes to that, I start thinking, so what becomes possible? What if all these people meet and we make them talk, like we actually make them talk to each other or we, we set them up for like a one hour experience. So yeah, yeah. It definitely is part of the way I think. It, it just feels almost like reality, the way we live in and experience it right now is to like a, one degree removed. The, the spaces are there, like we're meeting, let's say at the airport, but within the space, we just go to the same habitual experiences. We go shopping, we have food. We maybe sit down, maybe put on our, our headphones. Yeah. And, and there's some, some smoking rooms and so forth. But like weird things, actually, if you think of it, because an airport is big. There's lots of empty space as well. Yes. Yes. So Curious I, question. <laughs> whenever, whenever I see a group of humans like standing and not interacting, I always wonder how do we create experiences so that people can become curious about one another? Because, you know, one, one challenge is real is that there, are, there is division in the world. There, there is separation or, you know, some people might say there's an illusion yeah, of totally. separation. You know, a lot of our spiritual communities that we are both part of, uh, but also there are people who are suffering from loneliness, from, you know, being, feeling disconnected from the rest of the world and not being able to move around, to travel, like, you know, refugees. Like, so I think it's really important that we design this, uh, you know, technology or, or these new systems in general so that it is inclusive and so that it really takes into con consideration people in need who do not have access. And so that is something that is at the core of our values mm -hmm. is really going on the ground and getting to understand some of those challenges that people are facing. And it might actually not be even technology. They need basic infrastructure. They need, you know, access to water. They need uh, like just safety, belonging. And so all of that matters uh, in the design. And so you asked me about the values, um, you know, few, few words that come to mind, um, like, you know, empathy, um, being able to, to be patient and, and deepen our understanding by listening to people and taking time. Uh, often we have our own misconceptions of what the world needs, but actually when we sit down and listen to people, you realize that it's completely different from what you thought. And it's a continuous evolution. And so I, that happens to me a lot where I'm like so clear about a plan. And then I talk to a few different people from diverse communities. And then I realized, man, I, this is like, this is a wild journey and I don't have all the answers. This is a co collective, you know, process where we all need to come together as much diversity as possible and figure it out, Stay, you know, by being patient, being in our bodies, you know, being in our selves. So, you know, it's, it's very, it's wild and, and meaningful and um, interesting <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, thanks for, for starting to try to put words to it, because I think that is very true. Community in itself is such a complex topic, no matter where, like where, where I grew up, let's say in Central Europe, it would work similarly than let's say in North America, but it would also be so different. The same as when, when I go down to South America, like I can observe different interactions in communities where I'm just like, I personally don't even understand what's going on or don't even need to understand. And so creating space for that, where that can safely happen. I think this might be why our society is set up the way it is. It's just, we, we can be proud of ourselves, how much we've made work in the last decades in terms of uh, technology and uh, connecting people. I mean, if you just think right now for a second, all these places I mentioned, 
if we zoom out from the earth, everyone is somewhat in connection through WhatsApp, through FaceTime calls, through whatever it is. There's literally like data flying around the atmosphere connecting two humans into a call. So, so we've, we started creating those spaces more and more. But as I'm kind of getting more cosmic there, I want to bring it back to something more grounded, which is the idea of trust and how trust happens. And um, yeah, maybe you can look at it from both angles. How does it happen on your platform? But, but also for you personally, I mean, like what is required to trust? Mm. You know, what, that's really a great question. One of the ways that I define trust or at Voyage, how we define trust is very simple. It's the belief in the reliability truth and capacity of others, their abilities. So it's almost like we look at the world and we say, everybody is already at their fullest human potential and I will trust your perspective. So I don't question it or just because you went to this school versus, you know, grew up in that town that you're might not know. So like trusting people for who they are and realizing that we each bring a gift that is unique to us and there and then create together. So that is my definition of trust and really seeing everybody like your brother and your sister, your family, your human family, because we're here you know, on this earth for a reason. And you know, we might have had different socioeconomic you know, differences or we grew up in different parts of the world. Uh, some people have big cars, some people have a donkey. But at the end of the day, every human being brings a unique perspective. And that's something to pay attention to. Uh, not think that you know more than the other just because you want to, you know, Harvard or went to an Ivy League school, like versus um, what can I learn from this person who grew up in, who lives in a farm and has absolutely nothing and yet brings a very unique perspective to the larger, you know, challenges that we face today. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. You, you have a very rich, multifaceted worldview, I, I can tell. And that's, you know, that's super curious to look into and also like to un unpack almost, right? Like, I feel like uniqueness is kind of what you're saying is we're all gifted in a way, right? The individuality is how we express that and inquire about that and learn it. So individually, you might be going to an Ivy League school and therefore you're, you're uh, expressing that unique gift that's in you. But really, everyone does, if it's through an instrument or a school or a job or the way we take care of others. Have you, have you noticed that, you know, I want to get really into the topic now, because I feel like you're matching people and we're learning that machines and our machine learning algorithms can match people based on things in common, based on things on in, in interest. And so have you observed that there are certain ways how you can match uh, shared interests that, that always create this ripple of impact where, where there is uniqueness expressed? Is, is there an observable quantification there? Because I'm, I'm just curious at this point. Yeah, no, it's very cool. It's, uh, it's very interesting because, you know, when I look at, when I think of algorithms and machine learning, I really think that we need to design new algorithms, new socially minded, value-driven algorithms that match me with people who would, you know, expand my perspective and enhance mm -hmm. my understanding of the world, not give me information that is already what I know, what I call the, you know, the comfort zone, right? So the more we can, we, we each, you know, tend to sometimes get in our comfort zone and we think that this is the way, but actually like, if we look at life, you know, as always living in curiosity, always thinking like, oh, who can I meet today? 
who is completely different from me or has another unique perspective so that I can expand my horizons and, you know, expand and grow as an individual. Um, and so, you know, I feel like the way we match is not just based on commonality, but based on which are curiosities. There are no differences. It's on just our commonalities and curiosities. Right? So, and curiosities, yeah. So that's how we're thinking, you know, uh, with my team around designing our, our machine learning. And we're actually collaborating with, with IBM and Watson, with their Watson, but we're trying to figure out how to, you know, how to configure that with our mission. Because, you know, technology is a tool. At the end of the day, it's about offline, it's about in-person interactions and connecting people, you know, to meet. And so it's a, it's a challenge. It's, I don't have all the answers, but I am experimenting and we're learning so much and, and I'm open to all ideas. So whoever's listening and has a perspective, mm -hmm. please reach out. I am so open to talking to you and, and hearing what just your, your life experience and how we can all interconnect across the, the universe across the globe. It's an interesting way when we flip uh, the perspective onto technology from fear of how it could go wrong to what can go right when we deliberately intend it. And let's intend not just a benevolent machine learning, but also an exponential, you know, like um, expansive setup in the sense that we know that our ads and everything that we're seeing right now are already suggested to us. Yeah. So when we use that suggestive power in ways that actually can reliably create expansion, mm -hmm. that would be like a perpetuum mobile, like a, an, an ever flowing uh, upward spiral. That's, that's um, an amazing question on there. Yeah. And you know, one of the people that I really respect in the space is uh, Tristan Harris. Well, I don't know if you've had a chance to interview him. I think you should definitely yeah, talk no. to him. But uh, he founded um, an organization called the Center for Humane Technology. And ultimately, it's, you know, really thinking about how to design user experiences that will not condition people's minds to be addicted, but rather to give them the freedom to go offline. So I, I really recommend checking him out. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, is part of our community of San Francisco, San, our San Francisco community, <laughs> one of many communities around the world. <laughs> one of many communities around the world. Talking about those many communities, Yasmin, yeah. um, you've been in a, lot, in a lot of places, but if you were to mention three favorite places in the world, which would they be? Oh, I love this question. I actually didn't have an answer before. People always ask me, what's your favorite state or country? I'm like, I don't know. It's all about the people. But the reality is I have to tell you two experiences I've had. So I have two places and I have to think of the third one, uh, but I'll start. So the first one is uh, Bhutan. I was recently there this, this past year as part of a program called Abroad uh, with the um, Justin, who I think you might have met, and he basically brought us together uh, on a journey, on a quest to uh, connect with the local uh, Bhutanese, and the experience was absolutely amazing. Um, Bhutan is one of, the, one of the only countries in the world that has maintained their culture, and you might know that they measure, uh, you know, the happiness or the contentment of their people instead of GDP, so they don't care about GDP, they care about how content their people are. I mean, how amazing is that? And so, and it is a poor country, not to diminish, you know, the, it is, it is poor, but when you look at people in the eyes, you realize that there is like a simplicity of life and, uh, and we can learn from them. We can learn a lot from them. So that's one country that I love. 
I can't wait to be back. Um, another place, uh, which actually was my last state in America, was Alaska. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in Alaska about a month ago, uh, or two months ago, and it might have been because I, because it was the last state, but I was awestruck by the people and the nature there, like just sublime, marvelous, beautiful, uh, connected experience, and I can't wait to be back uh, to Alaska. Wow, two places that I haven't been to yet, so that... That's, oh, there uh, go. So you're adding to my list, yeah. Yeah, and when you go, I'll connect you to your new Voyager friends, Voyage friends or family, uh, who I'm sure would love to host you when you when you're visiting. Um, the last country, um, obviously, it's a bit bi you know biased because I'm from there, but it would be Morocco. I love Morocco. I I actually fell in love with Morocco after I left. <laughs> oh wow! Ironic. Yeah. That's a that's a feeling I know. Places that, not because I miss them, but you know, because when you come and go to certain places, change their temperament or ap attitude almost, you know, it's like cities have a living relationship with us. And, and so, yeah, I, I definitely think a lot of people can relate to having this being to home mm -hmm. where when you leave, you start to clearly see what you appreciate about it. Absolutely. Yeah. The culture and the desert and one day we'll, we'll all go be, to, to Morocco, to the Sahara Desert, and be with the Bedouins mm. around the fire, play music, and share our stories. So, which takes me to a question for you, uh, because this is an exchange, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> not, not quite an interview, it's a conversation. conversation. Um, I'm really, I'm actually really curious about, you know, your life uh, growing up in Germany, and, you know, leaving um, just kind of like your, yeah, your path, and what led you to who you are today. Hmm. Yeah, I've shared that sometimes, but I'm so glad you, you're asking it right now. What led me to the path I'm on right now is that over, you know, the last, I'm turning 32 at the end of this month, the last 32 years, I feel like I had different moments of initiation from spirit that were like, um, almost like pre-programmed into my journey, um, which is a funny way to look at it, not to get lost at that, but I, I feel like, you know, I, when I, um, when I was about 14, it showed up the first time really clearly. It took me abroad. And I had this like strong desire to, to, to go and learn another language, meet another group of, of people. And lucky circumstances, you could call it, it all happened. And I was realizing I lived my dream. And so that notion just never left me that we're actually living a waking dream. Um, but literally the reason why I call it spirit initiations is because it kept happening that certain topics would resonate with me or certain ways of looking at life that at some point led me to almost flip entirely who is in charge of my journey. So I would call it like a form of surrender that the topography of spirit is taking over with as me, as, as, as I'm experiencing Julian, um, just steering so I can have boundaries and yeses and nos and choices as, as I personally want to experience them. But really, I'm not on a personal journey. I'm on a, um, a journey that comes from observation and, and that observation then unites us ultimately in, in a shared consciousness. And so um, certain places actually have really deeply influenced me. There could be energetic places on the planet that are famous that a lot of people go to if it's Machu Picchu or 
um, or even old ruins in, in ancient Rome or other places, you know. Um, the whole world is full of them. But it's, it's often natural places for me. So I would say that all these spirit initiations had to do with um, the way nature would speak to me through trees, through the, the desert. Um, I haven't been to Morocco yet either, but um, clearly you added to my list. And I, I felt like, for example, in Israel, um, that was a, an experience I, I can't forget. I remember walking into the desert and being like, wow, this is a lot of brown here. This is not really that pleasant of a view. And we spend about two or three days in the desert. And um, besides like the heat and, you know, the dryness and all that, which was quite challenging, um, especially for some part of our group. So, so we found like our rhythm in our group. And then I realized and surrendered and opened in that example also to the beauty of the desert and the layers of color that were actually within and so it's moments like that, 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 that show me that this journey is, is quite, quite more than, than it looks like. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That's really inspiring. And as you were sharing, I was thinking like, wow, how blessed we are that we've been able to go to all these places and have this experience of, you know, understanding oneself and the world. Um, and I really, you know, one of the things that actually drives me with, what, with the work that I'm doing is to democratize travel and access, make it accessible for anyone around the world to be able to move, literally move and uh, get a visa if they need to, or maybe not even have visas anymore or borders so that we can all just move around freely and be able to share our, yeah, our, our hearts and minds. And yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit more, like the topic of diaspora which is kind of where that's needed because people are like out of their home country through religious or faith reasons or um you know war reasons or peace reasons and so so that's 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 a group of people that needs that right and you touched on that a little earlier um, briefly mm -hmm. but yeah. then also there is this nomadic group of us who's just traveling the entire planet which is a lot of people actually if you think of it that are just living with home being where their heart is and, and and maybe that side looks a little bit more privileged because we have the visas or we have the, the monetary funds or the freedom to choose mm -hmm. so so you know um i'm going to connect it with a question of like what's our bigger earth vision here like what what comes up for you on that topic because i know it's very dear to both of our hearts um you know yeah like two two words would be like home everywhere you know mm. that feeling of belonging and connection, wherever you are, you're welcomed into people's worlds, homes, and it doesn't have to be a physical home, right? It could be just having these authentic conversations with people in different parts of the world make you feel at home. And so there's, you know, different layers. One is uh, how to, you know, move the world into more curiosity of oneself and each other. And the second layer is how do we collaborate with organizations, whether that's airlines or governments or mm. companies, so that we can co-create a new model, a new wow. system that would democratize these interactions. And I know it's complex and I know that it's uh, not going to be an easy ride, but, but that's what I've been, uh, you know, testing and piloting for many years, uh, working with, you know, institutions um, like, you know, the World Bank or the State Department, corporations and uh, airlines and be able to figure out what is that, you know, gamification system that we can co-create. Uh, so because we need everyone. I mean, the, we do need everyone. Absolutely. 
And, and I know that there's another perspective where we can build a new model and make the current one obsolete, you know, and I, I see that and I, I hear that. And also then I'm like, but the current reality is that there is, there are people who are suffering and we can't just ignore it. We have to, you know, take action and be able to work with the current system, you know, to, to figure it out and to make progress. Um, so it's, it's a quite a interesting uh, question that, and, you know, we could, I could spend hours talking about this, but at the, at the simple layer, you know, yeah. my current, where I am right now is being able to, you know, go in and out of worlds and be able to, collaborate with everyone and um, not see this group as like, oh, they have it wrong or this group, they have it right. And, uh, you know, be angry at the system. Sometimes I am, but, <laughs> but for, you know, for the most part, I am hopeful that yeah. people have good intentions. Everyone is actually trying to do their best with what they know in their current reality to, you know, make the world a better place. So that's my perception and it might be wrong. But, um, but that's, that's where I live. Yeah, I think you're implicitly saying that it's, it's not right nor wrong. It's just different, both what you're saying as well as like uh, how, how multiple groups of interest are around the world, you know? I mean, that's just like a mantra. It's not right, it's not wrong, it's just different. Mm -hmm. I feel like we can observe though that there's a lot of people on the planet that would want that and, and the free transportation is something that even came up as an answer to this earth vision question I asked people do mention that yeah like free transportation for everyone would be it would be a game changer like I mean free transportation more so in the sense of like global ability to move as we choose or have to choose you know there's also an ecological angle on that conversation of course and mm -hmm. with with more solar activity on the planet um you know even if we get pollution uh figured out which which we are literally on the brink of um, solar activity is quite high at the moment everywhere. And so, so we, we might have to reshuffle from that perspective too, right? And so I always look at countries as like uh, something from the last millennia. You know, it's not even millennia, it's not even now. They're just here now still. And as we're reshuffling, um, at some point, hopefully what you're saying, you know, an idea like yours um, will be presented in the right angle at the right time with the right groups of interest that it becomes possible mm -hmm. yeah yeah we might be a bit early <laughs> like this notion of human family across the globe where we can walk down the street and go sit down at a restaurant with the family and say hey sorry i'm late what's how's your day <laughs> like why we you know, why can't we do that like well so let, let me jump in there because it's like yeah we are early on maybe integrating that today on for everyone but we're we're clearly just aware that that mindset is like a logical consequence as well. So if we think of it this way, what was the initial purpose of, of towns, cities and countries to keep the people safe, to make sure everyone gets kind of what they need and has a framework to thrive in mm -hmm. a way, mm -hmm. at least to thrive to then serve the king or serve the government again, but in, in a way to, to be safe and free. And so if after we've tested this around the world for multiple hundreds of years, the best way is to do that on a, on a global level so we can give it to every person then that's just a logical evolutionary consequence of that 
same thought pursued over time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so can we safely say that we are moving in the right direction? You know, like the, just the order of the universe, how we're going, it's, we're going toward peace, we're going toward global understanding, toward equality for all. Like, do you, would you share that sentiment? It, I mean, it, sh it sure feels like it at this point too. I mean, I've always, you know, um, I kind of feel like I was born on that side of the bridge, but but to just kind of expect that, but people are like, well, it's not really how it works. And it was surprising in some ways, but, but really I think it just, it sure feels like this because when we see now global leaders that um, do things that are appalling to people, there is not just an upcry in humanity. There's literally people in the street peacefully protesting everything at this point. We're, we're coming together globally every day now saying, well, not longer, something different. And when the, the interesting thing is now it's not like 500 years ago, so there's no bloody revolution. There's just a best as possible attempt for transformation based on nonviolent measures. And mm -hmm. so transformation is still up to us to actually embody and step into more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Touche. Beautifully said. <laughs> Beautifully said. I have yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, what, a, what a great short conversation we, we were able to host you today. I think this is, this is really powerful and I, um, I can't wait to hear and read and see more about Voyage and your machine learning and the way you're helping people to match. I have one last question for you and that's, um, you know, it's along that notion of optimism that showed up a lot in our conversation. Like, you know, how do you stay optimistic on a daily basis beyond your beliefs? Like what is showing up? Maybe is there a certain practice? Is there a certain like rhythm of emotions? Like how do you connect with this optimism and this heart of yours? Mm, that's beautiful. Um, a lot of rest, you know, I, I, I like to say I meditate every day and I, you know, do yoga every day, but no, that's not true. I, I do my best or on that, on that lens, but I actually rest. I do take time to be with myself a lot. You know, I ground, um, I guess that is a form of meditation <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, but a lot of rest um, and, and these kind of conversations, I really, uh, you know, talk to strangers a lot. I'm always talking to people, whether it's on a bus, on a train, on a plane, uh, or in a coffee shop. I'm like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? And it brings me so much joy and hope. And, and I guess, you know, as people share, I'm like, oh my God, do you, have you met this person or that person? You all have to meet, you all have to meet each other. So, you know, human connections gives me hope. Um, taking time to be with myself where I'm not uh, active with my mind, but really let go of my thoughts uh, from time to time and just be myself. Uh, you know, it, it creates new levels of inspiration and uh, different layers of grounding. So, you know, and then I have 10,000 10, other answers, but I'm gonna just, you know, leave it with that. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. Human connection does, does give birth to hope and optimism. Yeah. Well, this conversation today, by the way, like I feel rejuvenated just having this conversation. So I'm sure the rest of the day today is going to be beautiful and full of magic. And that's exciting. <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave people to have a wonderful day full of excitement and, and, and more upward expansion. Yeah. Thank you, Julian. And goodbye, world. See you soon. <laughs>
that's that. Another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships, or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it. Very much so. And we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of insight, evolution and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation, or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, th guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in, connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon.